This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. You're going to get everything I got. Everything I got. Give me everything you got. Do it for the man next to you. Let's go. Let's go, Raiders on three. One, two, three. Let's go get this. We talk about rebuilding, rebuilding. How do you rebuild? I don't think that Gruden came in to rebuild. I think he came to set his roster on fire. Someone who is arguably the best wide receiver in all of football, that Antonio Brown, is now an Oakland Raider. What's going on, Raider Nation? Another random bonus episode for you guys, and I actually had no idea that I was going to be doing this until about an hour ago. Uh, it kind of just sprung on me. Uh, of course, we had the new uh, AB news that came out today, which is hopefully the end of all the helmet drama. Sounds like his feet are healed up. Um, the helmet situation is now behind us, which I'll hit on here in just a second. We have the roster projections around the corner. Uh, of course, everyone's heard by now that Doug Martin was cut. And I'm not going to go through the weekly announcements or anything that's happened since our last episode until our next episode next week. And just a heads up, we're not going to be doing a post-game episode this Thursday. It's a little late for me on a Thursday just for a preseason game where it's not going to be a huge deal. So I'm going to save that episode. We'll talk about the game a little bit on Saturday after the final roster cuts, after the 53-man roster comes out um, that night. I'll be dropping a podcast uh, that kind of wraps up the whole week. Um, and then finally, to put the cherry on top, I figured I had to tell you guys this before uh, I completely forgot about it. But we decided we had uh, we had some dinner tonight, me and my wife, and I had uh, uh, made some. It was, it was salmon and mac and cheese, and she came up to me and said, "Ew, what's that smell?" And I showed her the fish, and she says, "Oh, that's salmon." And I said, "Really, babe?" I said, "Did you not watch Hard Knocks with me a couple episodes ago? It's freaking salmon, dude." <laughs> So we had a good chuckle about that, so I figured I had to tell you guys that little story. Uh, I guess Jonathan Abram isn't the only person that has no clue how to say salmon. It's just salmon. That's it. Salmon. Where does salmon come from? It's crazy. But anyways, uh, like I said earlier, we had the Antonio Brown news finally come to an end, I think, at this point. Uh, Of course, everyone knows that he filed his second grievance, and he had a hearing in front of an arbitrator on Friday. Uh, They expected... Whatever the result was going to be, they expected kind of Monday, but here we are on Sunday. Uh, news broke that he was denied his case, so that pretty much led everyone to believe that he's just going to pick a new helmet, and then it comes out that Antonio Brown will be getting a new custom helmet made just for him, designed just for Antonio Brown, along with an endorsement deal to go along with this new helmet. Um, and at first, I'm like, holy crap, there's no way that this is true. So... Luckily, courtesy of my buddy Eddie Borsili, uh, the executive producer 
of the NFL XM or the Sirius XM radio station for the NFL. Um, I caught something on Twitter. They had a little interview with Antonio Brown's agent, Drew Rosenhaus. So let me go ahead. Uh, let me pull up this audio clip and let's listen into what Drew had to say today. It was reported today and, and accurately, I might add, that uh, the grievance did not go our way. The, the league uh, and the union will prevail. Antonio will not be permitted to wear the helmet that he's worn the last nine years, which is called the shut air advantage. Um, and we're going to move on. Uh, the, that, that door is closed. On the bright side, as a result of all of the publicity that has accrued from our efforts to get him to wear that helmet, he has multiple offers on the table right now from various helmet companies to custom make a helmet for him and to pay him quite a bit of money. So we, we have found, without getting into specifics, we, we have found some very suitable alternatives. So Antonio will be wearing an approved helmet. He won't miss any time. And he'll be getting paid a lot of money to do so. So it's, uh, it's, it's sort of a happy ending, even though uh, he won't be able to wear the old helmet anymore. Oh, yeah. You know, really a guy that's got a, a great spirit about him, loves people loves kids, and I think he's in a very good place right now. I think he's totally focused on being ready for the Raiders opener against the Denver Broncos. I think the helmet, the foot, all of that is behind him now, and I think he's entirely focused on football and and ready to have another prototype Antonio Brown season, and uh, he's going to flourish with John Gruden yeah. and Derek Carr and, and have a great year. So I'm very excited for him moving forward. There we go. That's a great interview right there. Uh, like I said, shout out to Eddie Borsili. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Borsili, B-O-R-S-I-L-L-I. He's the executive producer, like I said, of the NFL SiriusXM channel, uh, but he's a big-time Raiders fan, so he always pumps out the good Raiders content that comes through that station. But that was a great a lot of great nuggets actually there from Drew Rosenhaus. It was good to hear that he's fully locked in now for football. The feet are good. The helmet's good. And let me tell you what, if that's not a slap in the face to the NFL, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody has been laughing at Antonio Brown through this whole situation, which don't get me wrong. It's pretty, it's been a pretty wild ride. It's definitely not anything that I would have expected to happen whenever we first traded for him. But Everybody has been laughing at Antonio Brown because they're acting like he's fighting for something that he's never going to get his way on. The NFL is going to just keep laying down the law on him. Nothing's going to happen. He looks like an idiot. Well, guess what? After all of this, I mean, these, these are goat moves right here. This is what the greatest of all time. These, these are the type of things that they do. <laughs> he's getting a custom helmet made just for him. And not only that, a company is going to be paying him to wear a helmet that most players, they just get. The NFL provides these. They have a list. They, they set it up with an equipment manager. The players just wear them. They don't get paid to wear this stuff. They don't get paid to wear the normal standard NFL safety stuff. You don't get paid to wear pads or, uh, I mean, I guess people have shoe deals and cleat deals and some glove deals, but you don't get paid to wear the helmet. You have to wear the helmet. Antonio Brown is now going to get paid to wear a custom helmet just for him, just for him, exactly how he wants it. So... Um, I'm going to imagine it's going to be something very similar uh, to his old helmet that he really loves. Uh, not really sure exactly. Uh, it could be something completely different. I guess that'll go to show you exactly uh, where his mind was on that. Uh, but yeah, I think this is all done. 
Uh, it's all pushed behind us. We have one more preseason game to go. Antonio Brown has been practicing with a team. Looks like he's fully locked in already. Um, and this should just, uh, I guess, uh, put the nail in the coffin and put this thing to bed. Uh, Antonio Brown is locked in. Helmet's ready to go. Um, and I think ABDC chicken plan is fully fired back up and ready to roll. Just counting down now to September 9th. Now, that was the main reason I wanted to do, to do this episode was a hit on that one last time, so I don't have to talk about it anymore during an actual regular podcast. Um, but also, being less than a week away now from the final 53-man roster cuts, which is, I believe, set for Saturday. It's the 31st. Um, I'm not sure the time that uh, the rosters are supposed to be turned in by, but you guys know that that's changed. It used to be like a two-step process. Um, you'd kind of like cut half the guys and cut half the guys a little bit after that. Now it's just one solid deadline. That Saturday the 31st, they're going from a 90-man roster to a 53-man roster. Um, and that's going to be my next episode is after that. So I'm not necessarily going to sit here and give you a 53-man roster projection to the T. I'm not going to give you straight 53 players, um, but I'm going to review this roster, I guess maybe down to maybe somewhere around 55, 56, and give you guys a few different possibilities, um, something that we could be looking for. I'm not going to sit here and uh, try and just stamp 53 men and tell you I was right whenever something goes my way. So I'm going to give you a few different options here at different, uh, at different positions, and I'm going to start here with the offense. So let's take a look at some of these offensive players and who we might be keeping. And the first position quarterback isn't, I don't think, going to go the way I expected at the beginning of the offseason. I expected we keep two quarterbacks. Now, going into this thing, uh, of course, Derek Carr is a starter. Now we have Mike Glennon and Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman uh, seemed to be the odd man out throughout this whole thing. This last preseason game, he might have won himself a job. Of course, we still have one more to get through. Still seems like uh, John Gruden was favoring Mike Glennon through this whole deal. I don't know if that was to maybe push Peterman. Um, he seems to have a very uh, large infatuation with Nathan Peterman. So at this point, I always thought Mike Glennon would be the number two guy and Peterman could be, uh, you know, pushed to practice squad or something. But I'm kind of leaning towards we might be keeping three quarterbacks on this roster. And that's not necessarily something I wanted to happen because I think that's just showing us that we're still not really sure who the more uh, capable backup quarterback is. Um, but I think that's the cards that we're dealt right now. And I think that's what we're going to roll with. And for some weird gut, feeling i feel like nathan peterman might be safer at this point than mike glennon but like i said we still have one more preseason game to get through uh, but the quarterback situation looks like we're keeping three now looking at tailbacks i'm gonna group them together looking at keith smith and alec ingold um that's kind of another thing i don't think that we're gonna keep two fullbacks um, but it definitely looks like this is alec ingold's job um, i've been high on him this whole time and i'm not gonna say that this is necessarily a lock because Keith Smith did go out there and he did make some plays. I think they're going to have a very tough decision at fullback. Um, but Alec Ingold is is younger. He's cheaper, which is going to be a, uh, not the only decision made uh, under those circumstances in different positions. Uh, but in my opinion, Alec Ingold's the guy there. And then at running back, of course, we had Doug Martin being cut today. So that's going to leave us with Josh Jacobs as the starter. DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard are going to be the kind of the guys that get mixed in, like they kind of always have been. Uh, in my opinion, Jalen, uh, I'm sorry, DeAndre Washington is the more all-around back. Uh, Jalen Richard will be very situational coming in. Um, and I'm not sure we're going to be keeping a fourth running back. I think it'll be four tailbacks altogether, um, including Alec Ingold. Now, looking at wide receiver, of course, we have Antonio Brown. We have Tyrell Williams. Uh, Hunter Renfro seems to have solidified himself in the slot. 
Um, JJ Nelson has made a lot of big plays. He was one guy that I thought that could possibly be on the bubble at the beginning of the offseason, but he seems to have really um, found a good connection with Derek Carr, and Derek Carr loves those deep threats. Uh, and I think everyone likes that. You know, throw him in there and, and just let him spread the field open and maybe take a couple shots to him every once in a while. So J.J. Nelson should be that fourth guy, along with now we're going to be looking at a situation, I think it comes down to Keelan Doss and Ryan Grant. And this is a really tough spot to be in uh, because I really like Ryan Grant and I really like what's emerging out of Keelan Doss. Ideally, if this was my choice, I'd be shopping Ryan Grant right now and seeing what I can get out of him. Uh, because I think no matter who you choose, it's kind of like flipping a coin out of those guys, because I think there's a sixth wide receiver spot sitting there just for Dwayne Harris, just to be a kick returner, not necessarily a wide receiver. I guess he could play some snaps at wide receiver, uh, but of course he's, he's the special teamer. And I think Keelan Doss, as we've heard on hard knocks is, is itching to get out there on special teams and contribute any way he can. Um, so wide receiver, I see it being Brown, Williams, Renfro, Nelson, Doss, and Harris. That's uh, I think that would be the sixth that I pick, uh, but I'd flip a coin with either Doss or Grant. Either one, uh, they're not sticking around to the practice squad, so that's that's definitely a tough choice. Now, leaning to the offensive line, of course, the first one I'm going to just go ahead and go over this. Richie Incognito, he's not going to be counting against the 53. He'll be on the suspended list to start the season, uh, so he won't count against it. Of course, there will be some roster moves for him to get back onto the 53, but we're going to be looking at Trent Brown, Colton Miller as our tackles. I think Brandon Parker is going to be kept around as our swing tackle. We've liked him all offseason as that. Um, and then on the interior, uh, Gabe Jackson. I'm not exactly sure what they're going to do with him on the roster to begin this, to begin the season. I expect him to be back early, so I, don't, I think he's going to be counting against the 53. Um, and we'll have Rodney Hudson, Denzel Good. And I think it comes down to actually Jordan Devy and maybe a guy like Lester Cotton or even Andre James. Uh, we have a lot of good interior offensive linemen that have been stepping up and playing well. Um, even guys the likes of like Denver Kirkland. He's been around for a long time but hasn't been able to stick around on the 53. Um, but Devy's one of those guys that can play a backup center role and guard uh, so that kind of eliminates a position and Denzel Good has been I think our go-to backup he's back at practice finally this last week getting in some reps um, and then I'm not necessarily this counts as a offensive lineman but our long snapper now is going to be Trent Sieg and I think that should round out our offensive lineman so I'm going to go with nine total offensive linemen counting the long snapper um, I, I like to see eight, maybe nine. Depends on how the injuries go. They could keep one more just in case. Uh, but with Richie coming back immediately and Gabe coming back immediately, uh, things could be weird. Offensive line is definitely going to be a toss-up. And then wrapping up the offense with tight end, um, I think this is going to be kind of cut and dry. Darren Waller, Foster Moreau, um, and Derek Carrier. Of course, you're looking at guys like Paul Butler and Luke Wilson. But I think the favorites coming into this have been those three, Waller, Moreau, and Carrier, there's obviously a good Derek Carr to Derek Carrier connection going on there, whatever he needs to step in and make a big play. Uh, so I think those three will be the tight ends uh, that jump onto this 53-man roster. But flipping over to the defensive side, I'm going to start deep in the secondary here. Uh, seems like Carl Joseph and Jonathan Abram are our starting safeties, although uh, for whatever reason, Carl Joseph has been floating around on the trade block off and on, not necessarily thinking that they do complete a trade. Uh, but it's interesting to see what they carry behind them just in case something arises throughout the season. 
Uh, we have the likes of Eric Harris, a guy that I think can step in there and play for him. And uh, Booby Riley's been coming in and playing pretty well. Also, he's been pushing for a starting spot, so that's interesting. To, that's something interesting to keep track of, as well as a guy like LaMarcus Joyner, who is now listed as a slot corner, but can definitely get up and play free safety if we needed him to. And then that comes down to actually our corners. Gary Conley, Daryl Worley should be our one and two. Trayvon Mullen, which was our highest corner. He was picked in the second round, of course. Um, he should be pushing for a spot anytime. I think he's still developing. I wouldn't expect anything big out of him, like a big role anyways in the defense. Uh, but Keyshawn Nixon has really stood out this preseason. We've heard uh, a lot of praise from John Gruden. Uh, not sure the type of role he'll carry into the into the regular season, but um, I definitely think now he is a lock for the 53. And Isaiah Johnson is going to be somebody that I've been very high on this season, but uh, we heard today that he's now dealing with a like a head injury or a facial injury. Uh, sounds like that hit that he took, uh, it was it was a knee to the head, I think, from Markel Lee, the first preseason game. It was not only a concussion now, uh, it sounds like it could be uh, some pretty good damage to his face. So it's interesting to see if he'll be starting off, uh, uh, you know, as a as an injury stash for to start his career. Uh, might might be starting off on injured reserve. Uh, ooh, I mean, that's it's hard for me to even say. I hate that. Um, Isaiah Johnson I was really high on. Uh, but in my opinion, it's going to be Daryl Worley, Trayvon Mullen, Gary Conley, Keyshawn Nixon, LaMarcus Joyner, and possibly an Isaiah Johnson or a guy like Nevin Lawson maybe to fill in with a spot uh, that normally probably wouldn't have made the roster with Johnson healthy. Uh, but we have a little bit of a lack, I think, of corner depth whenever we get that deep, so it's going to be interesting to see who they end up going with. And then looking at our linebackers, um, I think it's going to be pretty simple. I think we just keep a straight six. We're going to have Vontez Burfecht, Tahir Whitehead, Brandon Marshall, who's getting a lot of preseason snaps markel lee who was getting a lot of preseason snaps kabinda and moro um, who both still have a lot to prove i'm really hoping that those are gonna be our two guys our two coverage linebackers uh, they still have a lot to step up and do but i think we'll keep both of them around absolutely um i have a lot of hope in a lot of these guys i mean not only just our uh veteran starters that i think are projected to be starters anyways uh, but our young depth uh there's i think a lot of growing to do behind these veteran guys uh so those six linebackers uh, could be key now for the next couple years definitely for the Raiders and then wrapping up the defense we're going to go to the defensive line Uh, I think Cleveland Farrell has it locked in over there uh, at one side we have Josh Moore who's listed now as a starter on the opposite side Um, but he's going to have guys like Benson Mayoa, Max Crosby, and Arden Key battling for snaps and rotation because Josh Moore they like him uh, because of his ability to rotate to the inside as well as, as having guys like Jonathan Hankins, Justin Ellis, and Mohurst rotating around on the inside. Uh, so the inside of our defensive line could get very nasty, I think, whenever we need them to. Um, now it's all about just finding that right combination on the edge. And to wrap out the interior defensive linemen, uh, we're looking at guys like P.J. Hall maybe possibly being on the bubble. Um, but then we also had guys like Ethan Westbrooks coming in, Anthony Rush coming in, and, and now we even have uh, Corey Lugent who was signed today. And all three of these guys now are kind of in a bind. He has a uh, Lugent comes in with one one week, but I think he I don't want to call him a roster lock, but I think he uh, brings a technique that not the rest of these guys do. So I don't want to say that he's a roster lock, but um, I'm starting to really favor him early on already uh, to make this 53 man roster. So interior defensive line could get hairy. Uh, Justin Ellis, in my opinion, could be the odd man out. Uh, looking at guys like Jonathan Hankins, Mohurst. Uh, Lugent coming in, 
and Ethan Westbrooks and Anthony Rush, young guys that are coming in and uh, making a name for themselves, younger, cheaper, like it's kind of been the theme here. That's what I think most of these uh, very hairy or sticky uh, situations or roster cuts will come down to. Who's younger? Who's cheaper? Um, who can make a bigger impact later down the road? Because they most likely won't be sticking around uh, on the practice squad. So if we're going to keep them, we got to keep them now and hopefully let them develop on the bench or behind one of our trusted veterans. And then, of course, to end off the roster, um, it's going to be kicker Daniel Carlson and punter A.J. Cole, who obviously won over the job on Johnny Townsend. I'm not really sure exactly my, my person count here because I didn't really focus on keeping it at 53 men. Uh, it's somewhere in that realm of uh, maybe like 55, 56 players. I gave you guys a few different options of what could happen. Um, and you guys got to remember some of those last guys that were on the bubble, just because they made the roster doesn't mean that they're going to stay on the roster. Uh, it could be a week or two into it whenever we have guys like Richie Incognito coming back into it. And not even just that. Um, right after we have these roster cuts, there could be almost immediate impact with other guys that were cut off of other teams' rosters. Um, just because another team didn't want them on their 53 doesn't mean the Raiders won't. I still think that they're going to be eyeing a veteran offensive guard maybe that gets cut. Um, I think they could be bringing someone in like that just to you know be a handcuff uh, for a few weeks. Depends on, I guess, what hits the waivers. But yeah, not even week one or week two. Uh, but almost immediately after roster cuts, I think the bottom of that 53-man roster could be shaken up. So I wouldn't look too much into it. There's going to be a lot of changes. Although, like I said, once they're made on Saturday, that Saturday night we'll be re- reviewing the preseason game and we'll review those roster cuts. We'll review the current 53-man roster. And I'm definitely ready for it, guys. But to wrap up this quick bonus episode that I think went a little bit longer than what I expected, we're one preseason game away. We're about two weeks now away from the home opener. We're fired up. We're ready to go. Raider Nation, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, If you guys are liking what you're hearing through the preseason, fire me up. Get me ready for the regular season. Drop into wherever you listen to this, most likely Apple Podcast. Jump on there. Leave a rating. Leave a review. That's your way of giving back to the show. Uh, It's definitely something that makes me feel appreciated, and it shines good light on the show altogether. So, other than that, this was my quick little bonus episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And until... I guess, Saturday night. Raider Nation, see you later.